vaccine for life. Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to remind ourselves of where we are. So show me your mask. If you've got a mask handy, some of you will have it in your pocket, your bag. Let's have a look at the masks. I might even give a prize for the best mask available. These Mine are very plain and boring. Um, this is my main mask I wear, which is just black and a bit dull. Um, but black is, you know, in, I think. I think black is in. Well, it never goes out, I think, is more the point. Let's have a look at some masks. Show me some masks. Let's see some nice ones. Penny's got a pretty one. It's a handmade pen. Might have been one of the handmade ones. Anna, that's very pretty with the uh, pink and all that. We got uh, black Michael with the Adidas for the runner that you are. Yes, that makes sense. Um, okay, I'm going to change the screens here because I've got three different lots of screens here. Ooh, I like the Palmoris's. That is a cool mask there, Merv's. And uh, on the next page, no, it's all just blanked. Okay, no video there. Um, I think the best one I can see, oh, Simon, I like that. What's that on your mask, Simon? Is that birds or something or, or a dog? Oh, it's, it's a dog. Okay, excellent. Okay, I think, and um, Albert and Angela, Angela, that's very pretty. What's on that? I can't quite see. It was a pattern on there. It looks very nice. So you have to unmute yourself. I can't hear you there. That's, what is that pattern? It's very pretty. Lots of hearts. 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 Okay. So I'm masked, but I still love you. <laughs> okay. I think Angela gets the prize. Okay. So hearts are the best thing <laughs> on our masks there. Uh, it's amazing how, with all the challenges that we have, um, uh, people get creative, don't they? And it's great to be creative. We just have to be. Now, the second thing I'd like to ask is, how many of us that are on the call here today have been involved in vaccinating people? In one way or another, you've been involved as a volunteer, somebody actually doing the vaccinations or marshalling people. How many of you, just make yourself known, how many of you have been involved? Sarah, Penny, of course, uh, others who've been involved in vaccinating people and helping people to get vaccinated. Who else do we have? Anybody else in our number here today? One or two others, maybe. Some of you have been doing uh, vaccinations and helping, I know. Okay, so I, what I'd like to do, whatever our views on vaccinations and everything to do with vaccines, the people who've been doing the vaccinating have been putting themselves out to considerable effort to do their best to help people get protected. So I'd like us to give a virtual round of applause to all the people involved in vaccinating. And just thank you so much for all you're doing all the extra effort and, uh, and hours and time that you've been putting in to help people be protected. I think it's a wonderful thing. So thank you ever so much for that. Right, I feel a bit silly. I'm going to take the hat off now. Um, okay, so first of all, before we get into what I'd like to share scripturally today, I just want to say this has been a tough time for everybody involved. One way or another, there's no, no, nothing we can say other than it's been a tough time. Some of us have lost loved ones because of COVID-19. They've died and we, we, we mourn them and miss them. Uh, for some of us, we've lost income, even a job. Uh, some of us, we feel we've all lost some sense of freedom one way or another. Some of us have had health challenges and some of us, we've lost money on deposits for things like, well, holidays. Um, well, we've lost Wellington, you could say, in a way as well. There have been losses along the way. Some of them hugely significant, some just an inconvenience. 
but we have all felt it and we felt it as a church whether we're in Watford today or in Bristol or Thames Valley somewhere or wherever we are in Manchester or Kent the Isle of Wight I don't know where we are but we've all felt that sense of loss and how we how we handled that says a lot about our understanding of God and 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 our, our dependence upon him and the strength we find in him we're very grateful for the impressive uh, way in which the scientists have done their best to help us all whether it's the uh, developing the Moderna vaccine the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine all of those vaccines with their varying levels of effectiveness and I'm not going to try and give you some specific stats here because there's a lot of different ways to interpret the stats and I have stats people on this call who will question my stats and that's fine so I'm not going to try and go into that but all we can say is that the vaccines have been effective none of them are 100 percent effective 100 percent of the time we're going to come back to that some people still getting COVID-19 despite even having been vaccinated uh, I have my my card here I have been vaccinated I had both uh, both jabs so I'm glad I have this but I also know that it doesn't guarantee that I won't catch and get COVID we're learning we're learning how to live with COVID. We're learning about the side effects from getting COVID and the side effects from even the vaccine. We're learning to use testing kits. Here I have one that I took with me recently when I went away, just in case I needed it. Uh, there are different kinds of testing kits, of course, but this now goes with me pretty much everywhere I go, just in case I'm needed. I'm sure a lot of us uh, are getting used to being tested regularly. Uh, not very pleasant but we're getting used to it there's the issues of long COVID uh, that we're having to learn to live with or, or with our friends and family and people around us lots of changes in our lives right over this last was well, more than 12 months now and it's not going away it's not going away tomorrow it's not going away in the very near future we're going to learn to live with the presence of this particular um, problem, but perhaps future variants and similar things. So a good question for us as people of Christian faith or interested in Christian faith is what can our relationship with God do to strengthen us and enable us to not only survive this, but somehow to learn to grow because of it surely there's something in that something of God in that learning to grow in it now the opening scripture that EVA read so well thank you EVA Psalm 103 verses 2 to 5 I just want to go back over that again right now it says praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits let's not forget the Lord's benefits he who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles to soar high and see wide widely so here we have a vision of the way that god works with us and in us it is not that everything in life because we follow God becomes cushy but it is the fact that God gives us the strength we need 
for now so that we can be with him forever in the next life where none of these diseases and these problems are a factor. So we know that people are doing their best with developing the vaccines and so on, but it's, they're not perfect. But what if I could bring a vaccine, a different kind of vaccine to you today? I, I wonder whether you would allow me to vaccinate you uh, today, perhaps with uh, this, maybe not. But um, if I was allowed to come and around to your house today and give you a different kind of vaccine, what would you think about that? Let me say, if I had a vaccine that had, uh, was 100% effective, 100% effective in all people at all times, 100%, that it never failed. In fact, this is a vaccine that's been available for 2000 years, it's not been recently developed by a scientist. In fact, it's a vaccine you don't have to pay for, it's free. It's uh, valid in, uh, and works for all nations and all cultures, all backgrounds. It's, it is protective against all past, all current and all future variants. There is an unlimited supply of the, this vaccine. It will never run out. Um, I don't actually need to stick something in your arm. You will receive a certificate, not like this, but a certificate that can't be lost or, or disputed, but a certificate kept in the heavenlies, kept in God's safekeeping, valid for all time against all naysayers, all accusers, it's a vaccine that crosses borders, enables you to cross borders, it protects and enhances your life. In other words, it's a vaccination that's 100% effective and with benefits rather than negative side effects. It only has positive side effects. And I would say that this is the kind of vision that Jesus had when he came to this earth. In Luke 4 and verse 18, Jesus is speaking in the synagogue and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the vision Jesus has of healing, healing on lots of levels, shall we say. So I'm gonna ask us this question and then I'm gonna create a, a number of breakout rooms and we'll go into those for a few minutes and come back. And by the way, if you'd prefer not to be in a breakout room, you don't have to be. You can stay in the main session and I'll stay here for anybody that uh, would rather do that. That's totally fine. But I'm going to create some small breakout rooms just for a few minutes to talk about a couple of things. And firstly, to talk about if Jesus has come to offer this freedom, this new life, this, well, forgiveness is, first of all, what's on the agenda, you could say freedom and forgiveness and then freedom that comes as a result of that what does forgiveness mean to you what have you been saved from and what are some of the positive side benefits of that forgiveness of that union with jesus the christ 
What does it mean when he sit and, and you might want to have Luke chapter four open in front of you? When you look at that passage, what does that mean to you about forgiveness? What does it mean to you about this freedom and healing that he's come to bring? What is what's that for you? What are the positive side benefits, side effects of getting forgiveness and of finding yourself unified with Jesus the Christ? I think I think for me. Um, the idea of forgiveness means an, an unbroken relationship with God. And um, I think that allows a lack of a lack of awkwardness in connection with him when I pray, because I can be myself without sort of worry about the past, without fear of judgment, without uh, embarrassment and shame. I can come as I am um, in confidence that he accepts me. And because of that, I can be completely myself in front of him. And that's, that means the connection can be real for me, and that's fulfilling. Thanks, Ben. I recognise that voice. Can I just say, if you are going to unmute yourself, can you say your name first? Because a lot of us, a lot of people here don't. People here don't. So. I'm unmuted. This is Roger. Is that all right? Go on, Rog. Yeah, it was, we were with Harry, and Harry said it in a good way, actually. Like, living, living in an eternal way, or living with an eternal mindset. Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, Saraj, Harry, Bree, access to God's shalom. That's what it means. That's, that's beautiful. Wow. Okay, some other thoughts. Um, it's tiny. We, we were also in a really good group, and um, one of the topics we discussed was the incredible sense of freedom you get. Um, you know, we, Chris was giving us a really good lesson about, you know, the Vikings coming down from Iceland and Nordic countries and how they were, you know, non-Christians. But then when they came to the UK, they became Christians. And, you know, he was kind of thinking to himself, why would that happen? And, and one of the, the pieces of research he did showed that, you know, they, they needed a sense of forgiveness of everything that they had done, which then, you know, also led to them feeling free, you know, free of the guilt and free of the things that they had done. Um, you know, so I think for us, the, the big talking topic was just forgiveness equals to this incredible sense of freedom um, that, that we gain through Jesus Christ. Super, thank you. Uh, Neka, knowing I have access to unconditional acceptance and validation. That word unconditional is so powerful. Thank you. Good. A couple more. It's Tidu. I'll share. Hi, guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, in our group, the, 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 the theme that sort of came through most uh, strongly was the sense of confidence, peace, and, and uh, again, uh, that mainly because it's not reliant, you know, the, the our condition is not reliant on us. The fact that Jesus has done what he's done, that he's given us the freedom, that we can have that access to that peace that transcends understanding, mm. confidence and security uh, that we get in, in, in Jesus, um, that it's not about us, it's not about our, as Ben shared, it's not about our own uh, strengths or weaknesses. It's just really about what 
he has done. And, uh, and that gives us a tremendous sense of, uh, I think, uh, peace, freedom, security, confidence. Thanks. Yeah, if God, if God's desire is for me to experience this and he's worked through Jesus coming to this earth in the flesh to give me this, there's a great deal of confidence that I can have because as we've all experienced, so many of the things we normally would feel secure about are being stripped away. So we have to go back to this deeper security that comes from, from God. Thank you, Tito, super. Uh, anybody else? Hi, welcome. Dan. Uh, Danny, I recognize that voice. Go ahead. Yeah, I think for me, similar to what Ben said, is that in many ways it removes the elephant in the room. Like any relationship with something in the air that hasn't been resolved, can't really have a close relationship, can't really deal with what you need to deal, and you can't grow and become closer. And what Jesus has done is forgiveness for us. It removes that forever, all the time, for all time. It means that you can then deal and get closer and walk forward uh, hand in hand until he sees face. And I think. Without that, that elephant in the room would be there and be stifling, stifling to our spirit and our soul, everything. So without it, it well, it's impossible without it. It becomes impossible. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Uh, maybe one more, if someone's got something to share. It's him here. Um, I think the thing that I know she's our group was the joy and the happiness that this is talking about this came across. I think we all feel so grateful for a clean sheet and being forgiven. Clean sheet, forgiveness, yes. Yes. Uh, I was talking to Pip, and one of the things that occurs to me is that one of the things that God is doing through all this, which we wouldn't have chosen this method, and we maybe wouldn't have desired how this has worked out, um, or the method God is using, but I think one of the things God is doing is helping us to embrace Matthew 5, verse 3 the first of the Beatitudes, which says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we are being reminded of our poverty of spirit or our poverty of our own strength. And we're being drawn to God in our poverty so that we can indeed inherit the kingdom of heaven, inherit the kingdom of heaven, you might say, inhabit the kingdom of heaven, live out the kingdom of heaven. Maybe it's something along those lines. And I think there's something very powerful about, about recognizing that although God doesn't cause pandemics exactly, he doesn't force them upon us or something like that. When things like this occur and God necessarily allows them, that our reaction, like deciding that, okay, I am being 
put in a situation where I'm more aware of my poverty, my need for God, my need to rely on him, to find all my strength from him, not a bit of my strength, but right now, all of it is helpful for you and me spiritually. Because the more that I fully depend on God, the more of God is going to be in me or going to be a, a, a filling me, is going to be uh, inspiring me, is going to be educating me, is going to give me the wisdom and the knowledge that I need such that I can live the life that Jesus, God, has always planned and hoped for me to live. The life that Jesus sort of lays out there in Luke chapter 4, that life of freedom is not possible without a poverty of spirit. And sometimes we need things to come into our lives to reveal the true poverty of spirit and, and actually draw us back to that poverty such that we find a deeper walk with God and live the kingdom. Some at least of what's going on, I think, is, is to do with that on some level. So let me share a couple of other thoughts before we take bread and wine together. Um, I'm going to read a, a section from Colossians chapter 2 and then just share a couple of thoughts. Um, I'm studying Colossians chapter 2 a lot right now because I'm uh, very privileged to have been asked to teach a lesson on it at a teacher's conference in Estonia next month. Hopefully I can get to actually physically go, we'll see. Um, the Colossians chapter 2 is astonishing and I just want to bring you this section from verse 6 which I think is very relevant to what we're talking about today. So in chapter 2 and verse 6, Paul says this, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, and those of us who've been baptized into Christ, that's what we did. Our baptism into Christ meant that we received, we received Christ, the Messiah, Jesus, Savior, as Lord. He's our Lord, our King, our Master just as you did that and he talks about that in a minute continue to live your lives in him this is what we're being trained in right now continue to live your lives in christ in him rooted we've been rooted we've been given the spirit and built up in him so there's growing for us to do that's the image here through what's going on we're being invited by god to grow in christ grow uh, built up in him strengthened in the faith perhaps weakened in our body perhaps weakened in some other ways but strengthened in our faith as we pour in spirit depend on god rooted and built up in him strengthened in your faith as you were taught and and i love this phrase overflowing with thankfulness that's that's the that's the goal that's the dream that god has is that you and I experience an overflow of thankfulness that our communities, our church groups, wherever we meet for Sundays or in our family groups, that they're groups, communities that overflow with thankfulness. And if you think about the vision of Luke 4, of what Jesus came to do to give us freedom, a recovery of sight of the blind, the, the healing that he came to give us spiritually and in many other emotional ways, it's, it's so that we overflow with thankfulness and sometimes we think about how can our church be effective evangelistically how can i be effective evangelistically and we'll talk i'm going to talk about this in the class i'm going to uh, teach uh, a record for next week's um uh, teaching class series but 
if we're people who are overflowing with thankfulness, I don't think evangelism is really going to be a problem. If we're communities that overflow with thankfulness, I don't think it's going to be hard to stand out in this world, even if we didn't want to, we would. And bear in mind in the first century, in a sense, almost no one's life was private, right? During this time of COVID-19, we've been able to close our doors, close our windows, close off our lives, apart from online, and, uh, and, and hide in a way, whether we wanted to or not. But you can kind of shut yourself away. But in the first century, unless you were super, super rich, you had no privacy. What well, your neighbors knew what was going on in your house. There's no soundproofing. Um, a lot of people didn't have, you know, there's no glass in the windows. There's just rugs over a door or something. People knew what was going on. And if you were a household of Christians, everybody around you would know because you didn't go to the synagogue on the Sabbath, because you didn't go to the pagan temples that everybody else did. You were at home singing songs about this Messiah bloke and everybody would be able to hear it. They would not. And if you weren't overflowing with thankfulness, maybe you'd hide it away. But if you were people of strengthened faith, rooted, built up by what Jesus has done in you and I, then overflowing with thankfulness would become something that everybody, everybody would notice. I think sometimes we try to figure out the technicalities of the Christian life and sometimes forget that the basics and the fundamentals of what it really means to be a Christian. And the basics and the fundamentals of what it means to be a Christian is to be poor in spirit enough to know that we need to go and be drawn back to God to get our strength from him so we're built up in christ so our the word of god becomes so precious to us so our times of prayer become so precious to us we can't do without them maybe we're doing without some other things in life right now but we don't have to do without god's strength i think that's a lot of what's going on here he goes on to say see that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. I don't have time today to unpack that, but he's saying don't be affected by the world around you. Instead, get your focus right on Jesus and what God is doing. In verse 9, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you and, and this there's there's something to think about and chew on here and this <laughs> all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form we can pretty much you know tick okay amen god in the flesh okay but then this next phrase in christ you have been brought to fullness christ is the fullness of the deity and you have been brought to fullness now again not really enough time to unpack all that but think about this you have everything you need. You and I have everything we need to live a Christian, a godly life. Everything we need to live a life of fullness. We've been brought to fullness because of what Jesus has done. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you've been circumcised, not with the circumcision performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. How did that happen? Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him. This new life is now yours through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. You were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. It's all gone. You've been vaccinated from all sin. 
for all time. Uh, he'd been, uh, um, uh, he forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness that stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And that's why we overflow with thankfulness. Now, if you don't know about this vaccine exactly, then why not ask someone to tell you more about how to get this? But if you and I have already received this, then our job, if you like, is to figure out how to live our lives in Christ such that it reveals that we've had this spiritual vaccination and reveals to the world that it's available to them. How can I live in such a way that's obvious? How can I live in such a way that I, by the work of Christ in me, I overflow with thankfulness, that my community, my church group overflows with thankfulness? I think that's a lot of what's going on here. So what would the, perhaps the question to ask here is, for us to pray about, is what would it look like in the second half of 2021 if you and I were rooted in Christ, built up in him, strengthened in the faith, overflowing with thankfulness? What would that look like? What has God taught you through this pandemic? In what ways he helped you and revealed to you your poverty of spirit? In what areas of faith has God helped you to grow or is prompting you to grow in? God's goal in providing a spiritual vaccine for us and this freedom in Christ, his goal is that we experience the joy of forgiveness and the joy of a fulfilled, a filled up life in Christ, overflowing with, with thankfulness, despite the uncertainty around us learning to be thankful despite uncertainty that's the christian life